Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. I've built a multiple six-figure business on social media and have mentored now thousands of women across multiple industries on how to do the same. If you're ready to drop the excuses, learn all the juicy secrets, and step fully into the six-figure and beyond boss that you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Question. Have you ever wished that you could wake up in the mornings and somebody told you exactly what to post on social media? They gave you a topic that all you had to do was kind of fill in the blank and obviously personalize for your own business. Or, you know, maybe the idea was something more personal or something more personal development, but they told you, hey, this is going to move the needle in your business. Talk about this, or this is going to boost like know and trust and credibility and relatability with your audience. Post this. Talk about this today. Have you ever wished that? If so, you are not alone because I made a story not too long ago asking people if they would be interested in something like this, and the response was crazy. So because of that, I have made something for you that I know so many of you are going to be obsessed with. I have created a program called 100 Days of Killer Content. And with this program, which by the way, right now is only $27, you are going to get an email every single day for 100 days straight, every day. Monday through Sunday, we're not skipping weekends, but you will get an email bright and early before you even wake up in the morning telling you exactly what to post. Okay, so these are content topics or content guidelines. These are not fill-in-the-blank captions. I'm not a big fan of those because they can come across so inauthentic, but these are more so guidelines that are going to be one of in one of three categories. So they're going to be business-related, personal, and then hobby-related. That way you are getting a good mix of content on your social media. And every single topic suggestion that I send out every day is going to be totally able to, you're going to be able to mold it for your specific business, for your specific brand. And even better, this isn't just for static posts. You can take this topic and you can create it into a story or a training for a Facebook group or a TikTok or it doesn't matter. You can take that and use it across multiple platforms, use it on one platform, whatever you want to do. But every single day for a hundred days, you are going to get a topic guideline. I will tell you, hey, talk about this in this way. And this is really cool too, with every single suggestion that I send every day, you will also get one to three topic headlines or like caption headlines and call to actions. So I'll give you suggested ways, like if you were to make a caption or if you were to add text on your screen on your stories, I'll give you suggested suggested headlines that are going to get people to slow their scroll and actually pay attention to what you're about to talk about 
And I'm going to give you some optional call to actions as well. So it's really like pretty much done for you. You just personalize it for your own business and brand. So anyway, you can get this right now for only $27. Go to the link in my Instagram bio at Allie I Reeves. If I have the link ready, it might be posted in the show notes too. But if not, go to my Instagram at Allie I Reeves. Go to the link in my bio. You will find this. It'll be $27 until July 1st. And then this starts on July 1st as well. So the price will be going up after that. But right now you can go ahead, sign up, The emails start on July 1st for 100 days straight. But even if you hear this later on, you can sign up at any time and you're going to get access to all previous topic ideas, even if you sign up August 1st. Like you're going to get all everything that you need whenever you sign up, whenever you sign up. Okay, enjoy. Hi there. How's it going? Hope you're having a fabulous day so far. If I sound different, it is because I am back in the, well, I won't say that OG pod studio because the OOG pod studio was in the other house, but like the second OG pod studio, which is my closet, (laughs) my new closet that's being used as the new podcast studio is being painted. I've decided to paint it a nice, bold, rich color because I want to make it super vibey and fun in there. I want to be doing a lot more. I want to use that studio more. (laughs) It's a closet. Okay. I call it studio just to make myself feel better. (laughs) Um, But I want to use it more for videos and I want to do more lives in there. I'm toying around with the idea of doing live podcasts and putting them up on YouTube as well. So lots of things, but the first thing that needed to happen is I needed to get it right in there. It did not, it should not look like a podcast or a closet if I'm going to be doing all that. So we're painting it a really beautiful, rich, bold color. I ended up going with Benjamin Moore Black Forest Green and I want to say Sarah Bridgman is the one who suggested that. And Sarah's just one of those people, anything she suggests, I'm like, okay. (laughs) But, um, but I honestly, I was leaning toward a really dark green anyway. So as soon as she said that, and I looked at it, I was like, yeah, that's it. But, um, I took this question to Instagram and I asked my Instagram people over there, what their suggestions were. And I got so many good ones. It was actually really hard to choose. I was very close to choosing like a matte black color, but then somebody said that that's bad feng shui and, you know, not trying to get some bad juju up in the new podcast studio. So we went with a very, very dark green and it looks good. It needs to be touched up. Chris is doing it for me and the man, he can do pretty much everything, but I'm, I'm very, I'm a lot more detail oriented than he is when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be in there touching things up in the corners, but I think for what I'm going to be using it for, I think it's going to be perfect. I got a fun neon light in there that says six figure influencer. I'm going to hang some fun things on the walls. I don't know what yet, but anyway, 
it's definitely going to be an upgrade. I'm really looking forward to it. So all that to say, that is why I'm recording in a different space, but it shouldn't be a big deal for you. You probably can't tell a huge, huge difference, even though I'm not using my fancy mic. So anyway, today's conversation is a semi-extension over the past two episodes that we've had. So the past two episodes have been on prospecting, what to do, what not to do. And this, again, is just kind of an extension. It's kind of us going deeper into one of the facets that we talked about in the prospecting conversation. So the last two episodes, I mentioned that not only should you be using prospecting as a means to sell what it is that you have, right? Like that's like the most obvious use of prospecting. But I mentioned too, like, hey, you can totally use prospecting to set up collaborations to grow your audience or again, to eventually sell more of your offer. And I kind of ended it there. I didn't go any deeper into that. And I got a request from Cassidy Victoria. Cassidy is the owner of a beautiful candle company called St. Brown & Co. Her handle is at St. Brown Co. Definitely go check her out. Her Again, just stunning candles. But she messaged me. She was like, hey, I would love to hear a podcast on like how to set up these influencer collaborations. Like if I were to want to partner with somebody to have them help me promote my candles, how would I go about doing that? And I was so thankful that she sent that because it's such a, it's a great conversation. This is totally something that I've helped several clients do themselves. I have also done this in a way for my own business, which I'll be sharing here in just a minute. And I've never talked about it on the podcast. So I'm really excited to dive in. Again, thank you, Cassidy, for the episode topic suggestion, which by the way, anybody out there, if you have one for me, bring it. I'm always looking for new ideas. And yeah, that is why we're going to go into this today. Because here's the thing, like the reason why I'm so excited about this conversation is this is just another example of how we as business owners can work smarter, not harder. Many of us are solopreneurs. Many of us, we are either solopreneurs or we have a very, very small team, maybe a couple of BAs or, you know, somebody that you partner with in some way. But most people listening to this are likely on a pretty small team and I think when you get used to that, you just forget, like you get used to doing everything on your own. You get used to wearing all the hats and being the marketing department and the sales department and the accountant and all of those things. And there's a season and a time and a place for that. But we forget that there are so many other ways that you can get creative and again, just work smarter, not harder. And this would be a fantastic example of that. Partnering with strategic influencers to get your brand out in front of more of the right people, right? So if you have been struggling to sell your product or service 
by yourself with no help, or if you've been struggling to grow your brand, your influence, your brand awareness, yourself, and it's felt like a grind, then I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode because I'm hoping to stir up some ideas for you and get your creative juices flowing so that if you're not ready to use this strategy now or one of these strategies now, because we're going to cover a few of them, you can at least have it in your back pocket for the future. Okay. So what we're going to be talking about today are different ways and opportunities that you can kind of arrange yourself for ways to grow your business and brand awareness via collaborative partnerships with influencers. And when I say influencer, I don't mean like your typical blogger. I mean, this truly, everybody is an influencer in some way. I'm just going to be using that term because it's just easy to say. But anybody who has a good relationship with their audience, more specifically, who has influence over their audience's buying decisions, okay? So if you have ever influenced somebody to buy anything at all, then you are technically an influencer. So we, as a way to be smart and kind of think bigger with our business strategies, we're going to be thinking of some people that we can work with in a collaborative way to help us more quickly and broadly get the word out about our offers. So I think the first thing that we need to talk about when it comes to this is regardless of whatever type of relationship you create, which we'll talk about, you need to first and foremost understand that this needs to be mutually beneficial. Okay. So obviously you're going to know how this relationship is going to benefit you. It's either going to help you sell more of your product, your service, grow your audience, whatever. Okay. That's pretty obvious, but this also needs to be mutually or beneficial for the other party as well. And I think a lot of people, they, they present these collaborations because they're really excited about what it can do for them. And then they get a no. And typically the reason why is because it's not that sweet of a deal for the other person. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. So if you're going to be partnering with somebody, then that person is going to have to do some work. They're going to have to be sharing or educating their audience in some way, shape, or form about your brand, your offer, what's in it for them. So that's the first thing that I need to kind of raise your awareness to. We need to start thinking about that now. How can you bring something to the table for the other person? Because I think the faster that you can illustrate that for whoever you're pitching a relationship or a collaboration with, the faster you will get a yes and an agreement to partner with you. So who this conversation is for and this whole strategy is for is honestly anyone who sells a product or service or again, anybody who just wants to raise awareness for their brand. You don't even have to have something to sell right now. There are plenty of your standard quote influencers who aren't necessarily selling their own product or service, but they make money through affiliate links or through 
brand partnerships. So they could be doing one of the things I'm about to outline for you as a way to grow their audience, which is going to help them get bigger, better deals, more commissions in the future. So truly, if you're listening to this, there's some way that you could use this strategy for your own business. If not now, then absolutely in the future. So you could have your own business. You could be working at somebody else's business. You could be part of an MLM. Truly anybody can use this. But I do want to bring up one word of caution before I dive into like the different types of collaboration ideas. If you are part of an MLM or direct sales company, please, please, please look into the compliance regulations. That's a really big deal. All of your businesses are different. I've worked with, and many of you know, like I just happen to work with a lot of women who are in direct sales. So I've learned from working with so many of you that some companies are way more old school and strict than other companies. So some people listening to this would be able to go and partner up with somebody with a massive audience and they become an affiliate or a brand ambassador of theirs or a team member, and they make bukus of money because that person has a massive audience with a ton of influence. But other people, I know they're like super strict guidelines. Like you can't partner with somebody with over 10,000 followers or something. So just listen to this episode, but then do your part and look into the fine print because obviously you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to get reprimanded in any way. Okay. So Again, our end goal here is we are wanting to partner with someone who has a strong influence over their audience. And the second part of this is, and their audience largely fits the description of your ideal client so that they can promote what it is that you do or sell or your brand or just you, if you are your brand, right? So we want to partner with somebody with good, strong influence over their audience that matches largely in large part your description of ideal client so that they can help you promote what it is that you have to offer or your brand. For example, a local esthetician giving free services to a local realtor because that realtor has a large local following on Instagram. And she knows that that realtor can then share her experience with the esthetician, with her audience, right? So if you are local, you would want to obviously partner, or let me say it this way. If you have a, like a brick and mortar or a business that you need people in a specific area, you know, local residents of a specific area, then you would want to partner with somebody else who also has an audience similar to who you're trying to attract. Okay, so an esthetician partnering with a local realtor who has a good, strong following. That is a great match. Or let's say you're not looking for somebody local. Maybe you sell a product. So you give your product for free to an influencer in exchange for shout outs slash curated content on the influencer's page, again, to promote your brand. So it could work with local people, it could work with non-local people. You would just, you would kind of determine ahead of time 
what your goal is. And I think that's absolutely where you need to start. Who are you needing to attract? What are you trying to grow, whether that be your brand, your sales, sales of a specific product or service? And then who fits the description of the type of influencer that's going to help you get the job done? So I said earlier that the person needs to have an audience that matches who you're wanting to attract. And also they need to be pretty strongly engaged with their audience. That's a really big deal because you could partner with somebody who maybe on the outside looks like they they have a pretty good size audience and maybe they fit the description of who you're trying to attract. But if their, audi- if their engagement isn't strong, then they can create content about your business all day long, but nobody's going to see it. And if they don't have trust and credibility with their audience, that audience isn't going to buy from them. It might even hurt your brand. So you need to make sure that the engagement is right too. There are ways that you can check this. So there are different websites that you can see somebody's engagement rate. One of these websites is called flanks.com. That's P-H-L-A-N-X.com. And if you go to that website, you can type in somebody's Instagram username, so their handle, and then it's going to pull up their engagement rate that's based on their their followers and the average number of likes and engagement that they get on their content. And then down below that, you'll see they have a graph of like average engagement rates based on the, the audience size of that person. So you'll see that it's about like 1,000 to 5,000. The the engagement rate is pretty high. Like the smaller your audience, the higher your engagement rate should be. And then it goes down from there. And then it kind of evens out around and below two, the higher 2%, the higher audience sizes that you get. And again, this is all on that website. So you can totally use a site like that to get like an actual number. And as long as it's around or even above the quote average rate for that audience size, you're probably good, but also you can likely tell, right? Like you can tell based on the amount of comments somebody gets on their stuff or the amount of likes that they get. You just, I feel like even if you're not in the social media space, which if you're listening to this, you probably are. Like we've probably gotten a good feel for somebody who has good engagement or not. But if you're not sure, you can use that website to double check. Okay. Now we have our goal. We know what we need to do. We know possibly who we want to partner with. And I would even go as far to choose a handful You know, I mean, maybe there's one person that you're like really hoping to say yes, or maybe you're looking for a specific amount of people, but I would go ahead and create a list of potential collaborators first, and then you can reach out to them because likely not everybody is going to say yes. So get your goal, get your list of people, make sure that they're qualified, that you're going to be a good fit for some sort of partnership with you. And then you are going to decide on how your relationship is going to be organized. Okay, what type of collaboration are you looking for? So there are a few different ways to do this, right? There are ways with like 
little to not much risk on your end. And then there are other ways that are a lot higher risk. So it just depends on what your goal is. Okay. So, and then again, based on like the amount of risk that you're wanting to put into this relationship will dictate kind of how you organize it. So let's say you're looking for minimal risk, which whenever I say minimal risk, I mean little monetary or time investment on your part. Maybe you have extra product that you need to get rid of anyway. Maybe you already have your business set up to where you can you can create or get in touch with a collaborator and then, you know, it's it's basically done for you for the most part. But like it's not going to take a lot of of investment on your part in terms of money or time. To me, that it that's what I would consider a little risk. So with something like that, it would probably look and sound like an agreement that goes something like this. Like you're going to reach out to somebody. It could be a written agreement via DM. You could do this via email too, if you want to, but you're probably not going to create a contract for it. It's not going to be that deep. It's more so going to be a written agreement. That's going to look something like, Hey, I will send you X amount of product, or I will give you access to blank course or blank service in exchange for blank. So it could be X amount of Instagram posts, reels, um, stories, whatever, right? And you would have to get clear on that. And people ask me all the time, well, what's the right thing to ask for? How many stories do I ask for? How many, how many posts? It truly is going to be so different for everybody. There's no right or wrong answer. But to me, you just have to go with your gut and ask yourself, like, what is worth this squeeze here? So if you are going to send somebody a lotion, right, like a a nice lotion, and maybe the price of this lotion is 30 bucks, like nothing crazy, but it's still free and it's a good lotion. You're sending it to the person. You want the person to post about it. Obviously, it doesn't make sense to ask the person to make three to five posts and three to five stories and two reels about a $30 bottle of lotion. You know what I mean? Like for that kind of arrangement, I'm thinking maybe like a story with a few slides where they link the lotion. Maybe you can ask for like three different stories about it or something like that. Or they can just, as they naturally use it, they hop on stories, they tag you, they link the product. Like to me, that makes sense. But you are going to decide based on what that person is getting, what is fair to ask for. And also, of course, like what's going to help you because, you know, you might think, okay, I want to do like a quick little written agreement But then you figure it out and you're like, actually, that just isn't worth my time. I would much rather do something more formal, give more, but also expect more. Like that would move the needle in my business. So everybody's going to be different here. But a smaller risk would look like some sort of written agreement, something along the lines of, I will send you blank amount of product or whatever the thing is in exchange for this type of content, this amount of exposure. 
All right. And again, it can be in writing. I would absolutely set some date parameters for this. And another thing too, because you want to be like super, super clear on what's included, even if it's low risk. So date parameters, really, really important. You don't want to send somebody some product and they, they talk about it a year later. Like that's not going to help you. So I would be in agreement on those type of things and design the agreement based on what's going to be mutually beneficial. And then something else that you want to consider too, regardless of whether you use this type of organization or maybe something with more risk, which we'll talk about, you do want to take into consideration what the influencer does naturally. Right. So if there is an influencer that you're wanting to partner with, or it, it could be a business owner, it doesn't matter who the person is. But maybe this person, like they thrive in their stories. That's her thing. They make stories all day, every day. They have really great engagement there. That is their thing. But they have never made a reel. Like they've never created one short form video content ever, then it just wouldn't make sense to demand that of them. Or you're going to kind of be at risk if you do. Like I would, you do want to take into consideration where that influencer shines and then create an agreement based on that. So obviously if this person kills it in their stories and a lot of people are watching their stories, then you want them to mention what it is that you offer in their stories versus asking them to do something that they don't, that's out of pocket for them. So consider that too. Um, Again, it needs to be worthy, worth it for you and also for the influencer. And then something else to consider as well with all of these things is you may not see results immediately. You may not see sales rolling in after the first time they mention you in their stories or the second time. Just like I teach you with your own content and with your own brand, I say, hey, very rarely is it the first time that your audience hears something that they like are sold on it, right? It takes time. So you need to take that into consideration for the influencer too. So I would almost consider, even if you do a low risk arrangement, like the one that I'm talking about right now, I would consider like, hey, I'm going to send you this product. And over the span of two weeks or whatever, like I would stretch it out so that they can talk about the thing more than once, because likely you're not going to see a huge result right out the gate. So be patient and understand that. And then if you do notice like there's a good potential there, there's, you know, you guys have a good rapport, sales are coming in, they genuinely like the product or the service or whatever the thing is, how can you maintain that relationship for a longer period of time? Can you send them more product? Can you give them access to more whatever? Maybe you gave them access to a course and that's all you have, but when they mentioned it, it sold like hotcakes and you guys have a really good rapport. Maybe it makes sense that you pay them in money, right? Maybe you you don't have any more product. It doesn't make sense to give them more of, of the thing that you actually sell, but you could actually pay them 
real cash because it's worth it because the ROI is there. So that would be an example of like a lower risk collaborative relationship right there. Another example would be higher risk. I would say this would probably be like the highest risk. And this is where it's going to require more of an investment on your part, right? It's going to require more time, more monitoring, um, maybe more monetary investment on your end. Maybe it's a service that you normally charge a pretty decent amount of money for or product or whatever. Um, So the risk is certainly higher on your end than in that case, I consider you writing up a contract for this type of relationship. So what this would look like is, you know, you find your person, they agree to work with you and you write up a contract yourself that is extremely, extremely detailed. And it essentially states, From now until this date or between these dates, we are entering into an arrangement. Well, I will give blank in exchange for blank. And again, you're just going to outline all the things like I just explained in the previous example. Sometimes with these type of arrangements, exclusivity makes sense. So I worked with a client who is an owner of a med spa. And we came up with the idea of creating like a very exclusive ambassador program where every quarter she only allows or she only hires like three to five ambassadors. So it's like super, super exclusive. It's an honor to be an ambassador, right? And part of that arrangement, if somebody were to sign on as a quote ambassador for her brand, for her service, they would, it would be exclusive. So they would not be able to work with any other med spa in the area or at all in like a specific period of time. So in this case, in the contract that we wrote up together, it was for, I want to say like a quarter. So nothing crazy, but it made sense because if she is working with this influencer who is posting in her stories talking about a facial she just got at her med spa, but then a week later she's getting Botox at another med spa and she also offers Botox, right? Like that just, it's a conflict of interest and that would not be good for her brand, for her image, for her business. So depending on what you're needing to do here, exclusivity might make sense to write into the contract. Again, definitely have like a period, a date period detailed, get super, super specific on the details of the expectations for both parties. What will the person receive? What are they expected to give? Detail, like every single little detail from, you know, after X amount of time, you post this story and one post and you tag us and you use this specific discount code, which for these type of relationships, for like a contract-based relationship, a discount code is a really good idea. Like where each person that you work with gets a personal discount code, mainly to track sales, but, or, and it doesn't have to be a discount code. It could just, it could just simply be a code so you can track sales and you can keep track of 
the amount of leads that that person is bringing in from their own audience. But also it could be a discount code so that that audience is incentivized to come to work with you. All right, so that's an option too. And maybe those are the only discounts floating around are the ones with your ambassadors or the ones are the ones that are contractually working with you. So long story short, the higher the risk, the more formal the arrangement should be just to protect yourself and just be really clear. So to write a contract and to make a contract legally bound is it just has to be on paper and signed and agreed upon by both parties. So that's all. You just need to be really specific, make sure that it's in line with the other person, um, you know, maybe you can negotiate and go back and forth because maybe again, they're, they're like, Hey, you asked for X amount of reels, but I don't really do those. I really thrive with IGTVs and you could switch that around, but either way you get it to where you both agree and you both sign and you go from there. So that's another example. And then the third example would be where you form a relationship with somebody as an affiliate. So this is probably the least amount of risk out of these three options, mainly because the affiliate is responsible for their own sales. You're really not out on anything. Although anybody that you link with business-wise, you have to be aware of like how they're affecting your reputation. That's something that you want to keep in mind too, making sure that you're partnering with people that are a good fit for your brand. But other than that, if somebody is an affiliate for you, they are responsible. You're not out anything. They typically get access to some sort of personal code so you can track their sales and that kind of thing. And then they get a commission based on their performance. Typically, affiliates are people that have already worked with you in some way. Maybe you created a course or a workshop that they participated in, and then they're going to sign on as an affiliate to help you sell it to more people to promote that offer with their specific audience. Or maybe they were a client of yours in some way, or, you know, I'm sure this could work for many different type businesses. But when I think of an affiliate, I think of, you know, they've taken a course, they've taken some sort of workshop, they've worked with you in some capacity, whether one-on-one or otherwise, and they got great results. They truly believe in it so much so that they want to turn around and share it with their own people. Okay, so those are three different ways, the three main ways that I think of whenever I'm thinking of this kind of collaborative relationship, you know, three different ways that they can be organized. So I would say the least amount of risk would be an affiliate. The second least amount of risk would be some sort of written agreement where, again, you just, maybe you have some product on the line, maybe you have a little bit of time on the line or some sort of investment on your part, but nothing too risky. And then the highest amount of risk would be more of a formal agreement to the point that you want more of a formal contract. All right. So now you may be wondering, okay, cool. I like the sound of those. 
maybe I have your creative juices flowing. You're coming up with some ideas on how you can implement one or a few of those ideas into your own business model. So how do we go about making this happen? How do you reach out to the person? How do you get somebody to agree to be an affiliate or to join forces with you under contract or, you know, some sort of written agreement? How do we go about that? So few tips for you around that. Number one, it really truly, again, depends on like the level of relationship slash collaboration that you're seeking. And I kind of already mentioned that. So if you know that there's going to be some sort of contract involved, or you know that it's going to be a significant time investment on their part. Maybe you don't know them so well. It's something that you need to feel out, but the more risk involved, the more work it would be on their part as well. And obviously, you know, it's going to be mutually beneficial, of course, but I think the the higher the stakes, the more work that needs to be put into it, you should send an email versus a DM right? Less risk, less work involved, or, you know, maybe, maybe it's the same amount of work, but again, just not a ton of risk. And you're, you're going to send them a few new or free products and they're going to try them. They're going to talk about them. No big deal. Cool. Maybe you already have a rapport with them. So shoot them a DM, but it's one of those things that you just kind of have to take per case basis and decide which route is most appropriate. Now, if it is a situation where it's a bigger ask or you just you just feel that some sort of relationship needs to be established first, then you can be profitably prospecting this person, right? You can be intentionally building that connection right now as we speak. Just because you don't have a connection with them yet doesn't mean that they're not an option, but it does mean that if you truly want to work with this person, you need to prove it, put in the work. I did a full episode of You Haven't Listened Yet. Um, I think it's the last episode or two episodes ago, episode 113, all about profitable prospecting all about how to do this. So this can be your prospect that you spend maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, even if it's worth it, engaging with them, talking to them, bringing up conversation, right? We're just, we're building a rapport. We're building a friendship, being super chill. That way, whenever it's time to present the opportunity or the idea that you have for them, they're going to listen because you're already communicating back and forth. And they're probably way likely to agree versus if you came at them very cold, you know, out of nowhere where they don't know you at all. So if you feel like a relationship should be established first, then definitely profitably prospect them. Again, go listen to episode 113 to learn step-by-step how to do that. And then at that point, shoot your shot. Okay. The bigger the ask, the bigger the arrangement, the more formal the approach. So if this is maybe you're going the ambassador route, maybe you have a brick and mortar, you want to do some local influencers in the area. And these influencers have really large audiences and they do brand deals all the time. So this is a pretty big ask. And it would also be really beneficial for your business. So in that case, 
you know, maybe you could ask to hop on a Zoom call to talk about the ins and outs of this opportunity. Maybe you should take it a step further than email, you know, Zoom call, take them out to coffee, to dinner. I mean, they're so, if it's a big deal that again, could be really great for your business, then you should think about other ways that you can stand out to this person and win their favor. Because if they have a big enough presence or engagement, especially like in a local community, there's probably some competition. There might be some other places, some some of your competitors that are also trying to work with them. And, and also something that I meant to mention as well is you have to also make sure that they're not already working with somebody and obviously in like another agreement, which would probably be brought up pretty early. But anyway... Yeah, you know, it it really just comes down to building a relationship. Actually, no, back up. It comes down to one, what are your end goals? What what do you need to help move the needle in your business? Is it more audience? Is it more sales? Is it more of a certain type of engagement? What is the thing? More people on your email list, whatever more people in your evergreen course, whatever that thing is, get clear on that. And then who is the ideal type of person that's going to help you get to that goal? Do you need somebody locally? Do you need somebody with a very, very niche type of audience? You want to get clear on that. Make a list of these people and then depending, gauging on the level of relationship collaboration that we're going for, what is the best approach to reach out to them? Email, DM, coffee, Zoom call, get clear on that, shoot your shot. If they say yes, fantastic. Drop the the contract, get clear on the details, and then give the relationship a shot. Maybe it works quickly. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the person's a great fit. Maybe they're not, but again, it gives you a lot of clarity on, on the person that would be a better fit. And it really is just kind of trial and error. What makes sense? I know people who use affiliates who have six-figure launches because of their affiliates, like my coach. I know people that have worked with big influencer ambassadors for their brand and didn't see any results. And then I know people that saw fantastic results. So even if you do find the quote, perfect fit, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to to be the quote, perfect fit, right? You just, you don't know until you give it a shot. So go into it open-minded and if they're a good fit, great. How can we maintain the relationship? If they're not awesome, move on. What did we learn from it? Are we going to try somebody new? Are we going to try something else? And then, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. So Anyway, I just, I'm really loving this idea because it's something that I feel like not a lot of people teach, really. I mean, you know that people do this. You see people doing this, but there's, I at least haven't seen a lot of trainings and like step-by-step, okay, this is how you go about it. This is how you approach the situation. This is how you write up the contract and, and that kind of thing. And I know that I didn't explain how to write up the contract here, But yeah, I think that it's a cool conversation and why I like it so much is because it's just a fantastic example of you working smarter, not harder. You getting some people behind you to 
sing the praises of the thing that you worked so hard to build to, you know, spread the word of your course or your product or your blank and get it out like wildfire to brand new audiences way faster than you as one individual person ever could yourself. All right. So anyway, I hope this sparked some ideas for you. If so, I would love to know. Shoot me a message on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, tag me in your stories and I will see you here next week. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team, or even better, dropping me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Reeves. And or you can join us in the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group. See you back here next week.